Welcome back, watching uppers. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) How is everyone doing today? We're in we're in a bit of a goofy mood. (laughs) Yeah, we're goofy and silly because we're just getting through our first cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah, we were both up a bit earlier than we're used to. Only for the pod. Anything for the pod. (laughs) Well, welcome back, y'all, to watching up. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. And we're back this week. Yep. Talking shit. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Catching up with my sis. Catching up and watching up. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, I mean, I can dive into an ankle update because that's literally all that's been going on with me. <laughs> I need to make like a sound effect that's like pew, pew, pew. ankle oh, update. Ankle update. Hopefully, it won't, <laughs> I won't have ankle updates for very much longer because it'll. I think get this better. is the big one. This is the big one. Yeah. So the reason we're recording earlier is because I have to have a small surgery on said ankle no. um, tomorrow, actually. So by the time this is posted, it'll be in the past. But yeah, just a quick little in and out sesh with the doctor. Too. <laughs> just a quick procedure. He's gonna put he's gonna put a plate and make sure the oh bone heals correctly. I didn't know there's a plate involved. There's a plate and some screws. Basically, it just like is displaced enough to where he's like, well, if we let it heal like this, it might be fine, but it might cause you problems in the future and I'm Mm -hmm. like I don't want to break my ankle again man right yeah he's like we should like fix it and then you'll probably be fine forever and I'm like okay yeah let's do it I've never had a surgery before so I'm scared and I've never broken a bone in my life that's true so Dang. It can happen in when you're 32. Don't it think. can happen to you. <laughs> it can happen to you too. Don't think you're out of the woods yet. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. So they're just going to put some like hard wire in there and then it stays in there forever? Yeah, apparently it's like the – I don't even know what material it is, but it's like a little plate and then like screws going up it, I guess. So it kind of pushes the bone like into place. And then uh-huh. he's like, once it heals, like we can take it out if you want, but there shouldn't be like, a, it shouldn't bother you. So there shouldn't be like a reason to. Yeah. So, I mean, Just I guess if I wanted to have to take pay it out, to get it taken out, I could. <laughs> if you want to pay a lot of money it's and not have like to go metal, under anesthesia. Metal, like off the metal detectors or anything like that. So Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Is it, how is it feeling? Is it hurting? It, no, it actually feels like kind of weirdly fine now. Like it almost doesn't feel like, I mean, if I twist it like slightly the wrong way, it kind of, I, I kind of get a shooting pain, but like it almost feels like nothing's wrong with it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. but I think it's just because it's trying to heal at this point. Yeah. But um, it's good to get it. It's good that you were able to get in so quickly and like get it out of the way, I guess. Yeah, I like the doctor. He seems like he has his shit together, so. Yeah. It's going to be fine. And it's good that it's a quick outpatient thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know going under anesthesia is scary, but. Yeah, that's 
that's scary. And then the thing that sucks is after it, I have to be off my leg for two weeks. Like I can't. Right. Put any are you going to be able to still? Are you going to be still wearing a boot? I guess not for those two weeks, but I think he. I have shockingly little information about what's going to happen, <laughs> but I think they like are going to wrap it with something. But I ha- I got um, a scooter, one of those knee scooters from yeah. my coworker who <laughs> nice. had one. So I should be able to like scoot around if I need to. Um, and then mom's coming. Scoot Mom, me. <laughs> mom's flying in to help me. <laughs> Mom, next two days. Mommy will be there. <laughs> I know. She's so That's nice. That's going to be nice. I know. Yeah. Well, she's the best nurse, literally. I so. Know. She couldn't ask for a better one. (laughs) And she cares. (laughs) She cares a great deal. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but it'll, like you said, it hopefully will be over soon. Yeah, be back to 100. Yeah, it's gonna be uphill from here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no more skating in your near future I guess but it was funny like when I was with the doctor I was like so in this next couple weeks or one week until the surgery am I allowed to walk on it and he's like yeah that's fine it's not gonna move anymore and I was like okay am I allowed to go roller skating and he looked at me like I was insane and I was like I'm just kidding he's like, he's like I would no. question your judgment if you did that and I was like I'm, you're I'm like kidding. skate is life though I can't not sir <laughs> Oh my god, he thought you was a crazy person. I was like, just joshing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, in my life... What's going on? I, I got my first facial last week. <laughs> oh my god, are you obsessed? I I don't know if I'm obsessed, but it felt really nice. Like, I love it when they dig out your pores. That's my favorite. Have part. you had one? Oh wow, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah I've had I a didn't couple. Know. <laughs> I've had a couple and I, I mean, they're expensive. I would go, like, routinely if they weren't so expensive. Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, I know we've talked about this between us, but I had – I started getting massages last year. Mm -hmm. So I I had never had, like, a massage before last year. I'd never had a facial before. It's just, like, we never – like, our parents never really did that stuff. And, like, we Mm -hmm. just didn't grow up, like, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like dipping my toe into the self-pampering world. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so so I had gotten a massage gift card to this uh, spa here in Austin. And Mm -hmm. it was like a really nice like experience. And the the ambiance was like really nice and stuff. But this place in particular is like pretty pricey. So I was like, I'll never really go back unless I am gifted like a massage or something like that. Yeah. But for Valentine's Day, they had like a deal uh, for facials. Like if you signed up with a friend, you would get half off. So me and my friend did it. And it was a really relaxing experience. Were you um, in like a, a double room like together? No, we each oh. had our own room. Yeah. I was wondering that too going in. I was like, are we going to be <laughs> together? When I got my first talk? massage, I, I went with my friend and I was like, let's do the couple's massage so we can be <laughs> together. And they like wouldn't let us go together. And I was like. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to relax. <laughs> but it ended up being nice, but. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm the type of person who's like, I don't want to talk yeah. <laughs> while you're doing while you're rubbing me. I mean, now that I've had one, I'm like, okay, yeah, that might be weird to like yeah. try to talk while you're doing it. But I had never had one, so I was like, I don't want my emotional support friend with me. But yeah, yeah. One thing I'll say is like the steam is so nice, and like afterwards, I was like, I kind of want to get one of those like personal like face steamer things to have mm-hmm. at home because it like opened up my sinuses and it felt Mm -hmm. like so nice afterwards I was like I can breathe Um, did your skin feel like I feel like a couple days afterwards is when your skin looks really like yeah it felt like really smooth and like shiny like glassy kind of Mm -hmm. but right after she was done I looked insane yeah (laughs) you look like like red and so red and since I'm like super pale and like redhead she was like don't be alarmed (laughs) if you look crazy (laughs) she's like I'm not gonna give you a mirror because you look crazy (laughs) she was also a redhead so she was like I get it but I was like yeah I look like a, a literal lobster um, and then me and my friend went to dinner afterwards, and I was like, how do I look? <laughs> she was like, it's getting better. <laughs> That's fun. What's the, um, what's the spa? Is it like a, in a hotel? Or no, is it it's called like Milk a- and Honey. They probably have it. I think they I've might have it, it yeah. you know, several places, but they have a few locations in Austin, and I know they have locations that only do like haircuts and like maybe manicure pedicure type stuff Mm -hmm. Um, but then there are some locations that are like a full spa and you like it's one of those where you like go in and put on your robe and get your nice like cucumber water Mm -hmm. and like sit down and wait yeah it's something (laughs) I don't ever think about like when I'm thinking about things I need to like do for myself like Mm -hmm. I'll go get my nails done obviously get my hair done and like I'll get my eyebrows threaded and like stuff like that but I never like I need to go get a facial or I need to go more like routine stuff yeah 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 it's nice I always try I don't know I always try to like give a good amount of time in between so like when I finally do do that it's like I really need it and it feels like it feels like a treat yeah like a treat Mm -hmm. so maybe I'll start incorporating facials into that maybe even like once a quarter like it could help I feel like overall Mm -hmm. yeah or like twice a year or something it doesn't have to be like crazy I know one time I went to a place where it was more like it wasn't like a full spa experience it was like they do like facials there and then they're kind of like cheaper and like they just have like little almost like hospital sections (laughs) where they Mm -hmm. like do it Mm -hmm. and so I was like oh maybe I'll get like a subscription to this place and you can go like I guess you pay monthly and you can go like up to unlimited three or four yeah I don't know times a month but then I was like I don't know then it doesn't make it feel it makes it feel like a chore almost instead of like Mm -hmm. or it feels like you have to like meet a quota or something like yeah totally yeah it's nice to just do as a little treat what's a Um, sporty weekend so (laughs) my weekend was pretty sporty (laughs) not to rub it in your face that I like immobile (laughs) you know I love being sporty (laughs) 
Yeah, so this weekend I went I had two like opportunities arise unexpectedly to like mm-hmm. do some sporty things. Um so on Saturday my a couple of my friends were like we're going bowling. Do you want to come? Um and there's like a a bowling alley like right down the street from me mm-hmm. and uh we had always talked about going there and I was like, "Yeah, if you're going to this one down the street, like I'll definitely meet up with you." So we went and we bowled. And I actually bowled the best I'd ever bowled. Oh my gosh. I always feel like with <laughs> bowling, I, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be so good at this. And then yeah. <laughs> I can't ever like break a hundred. Like it's Yeah, so me either. Me either. Like I, it's always like hit or miss, like literally with the pins. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I can throw it. I have no aim whatsoever. Like there's no like technique to it. I just like throw it with reckless abandon and whatever happens happens <laughs> um but yeah I scored 126 on my first game Got and it. in that game I actually won out so of you're going three pro. of us I'm you're, going pro I guess I have no on, other choice you're gonna be on the tv throwing strikes <laughs> with a little, cute no little foot flip at the end <laughs> That's really good. I don't think I've ever gotten that high. I don't know if I've ever even broken triple digits, honestly. No, I probably like, have. But I like, like that's always my goal is to get like a hundred and I think I can do it like maybe like get one oh three or something like of the time like it's not always yeah I broke 100 on the first two games which was exciting and then the third game yeah I always I think I always just decline the more time goes on (laughs) but but that's how it should go because your arm gets tired yeah it's always funny though to watch because like I feel like everyone just bowls so differently like everyone has such a different way of like walking down the lane and like throwing the ball and it's just like really interesting to watch but it's always like probably what your mom or dad taught you when you were (laughs) yeah like you know like the way I bowl is like what mom would she'd be like put your feet here and then take this many steps and Two, then like three, four yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so exactly yeah but it was fun and I my friends were like you hustled us because at the beginning I was like I'm really not very good like don't expect a lot from me and then I like I came to play (laughs) and then the the next the next morning I woke up so I was like planning this was a day that I was like I'm gonna sleep in like I'm not gonna set alarm I'm just gonna do nothing today and I woke up to a text from another friend being like hey it's super last minute did do you want to go play pickleball? And I was like, you know at first what? I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I was like, you know what? Let's do it. You know what? <laughs> so. I was so good at bowling. <laughs> I might as well give it a try. I was like, I still feel the mojo flowing through me. Let's go. <laughs> and this was only the second time I've ever played pickleball. I've never played it's really fun. I know you have a traumatic <laughs> tennis experience too. So. Why do I keep getting hurt? <laughs> but so do you have like a, a place in Austin? It, was it like a chicken and pickle situation or was it just No, a it's just some courts. Yeah. So they have – it's my friend that I know from book club and her boyfriend and then – uh, another one of her friends they like to play and they were like we're looking for a fourth and so I have played with them just th- these couple times and uh, me and the girl who was on my team actually won a game and that had never happened before either <laughs> congrats yeah so is it so, it's like kind of like halfway between 
ping pong and tennis, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like a, you use a wiffle ball mm-hmm. and you use like pretty – they're like enlarged ping pong rackets basically. So the ball um, can't really go that far. Yeah. Like it, you couldn't like hit it like crazy Yeah, and far. it's pretty difficult because like when I – the last time I played, the first time I played, I didn't know that you used wiffle balls. So I was like expecting like a tennis ball kind of and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh – this is different. It's so much harder to like gauge how hard you need to hit it. And the court is like a lot smaller. So you have like Mm -hmm. more limitations as far as like where it can go and all of that. So it looks fun. Like I've seen people playing it and it looks like they're having a blast. I imagine like if you're really good at it, it can be like really exciting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was my sporty weekend. I had the touch. <laughs> You're untouchable. <laughs> Maybe you'll start watching football now. Who knows? Just Hell kidding. no. <laughs> All right. Should we hop into the content recap segment? Let's dive in, baby. I'm excited about this week. So since we're we're recording a little earlier than usual, we won't be talking about The Bachelor this week um, because it hasn't aired yet, but we'll double up next week and just talk about what happened in both episodes. It might be an interesting watch since mom will be here. (laughs) I'll see if she'll (laughs) want to watch with us and have commentary. Ooh, I wonder what she'll think. (laughs) I know. That will be funny. She hasn't watched like literally since the first season. I know. (laughs) We we used used to watch it together. together. It's so different now. Yeah. Um, so the BAFTAs happened mm-hmm. this weekend. So um, that's one of the main – that's the British – I don't know what it stands yeah, for. It's the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, I believe. So that's one of the main – Precursors. Precursors to the Oscars. Like you go through all these different awards, right, leading up to the mm-hmm. Oscars. Is that like yeah. – but that one's more, I guess, a European sensibility, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, don't know I if, think they yeah. they lean towards British art, obviously. Like mm. the, the films and the performers like of their own ilk, I guess. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, it is one of the main precursors because there's like overlap in the voters between the Academy oh. and the BAFTAs Mm -hmm. so you can kind of get an idea of where their heads are at and that kind of stuff yeah so I'm just gonna run through who won and feel free to jump in with your thoughts if you have any Uh, so best film went to all quiet on the all quiet on the western front I mean that right there to me was surprising surprising (laughs) Yeah. yeah well that's why I'm like okay is it more like they're awarding European filmmakers and films with the BAFTAs because up until now I mean it's been nominated but I haven't really seen it like winning you know in all the Mm -hmm. other um, awards so I'm wondering is are the BAFTAs really kind of like can you look at them and say oh this might be what happens at the Oscars but I just feel like I don't think that there will be enough pull for that film in when it comes down to it at the Oscars Mm -hmm. um yeah, I, I never, like, in all my predictions, I wouldn't, I don't think I ever would have had that one winning Best yeah. Picture. But at the same time, it's like you have to think of, like, if it's second on enough people's ballots, like, mm-hmm. then it pulls ahead. Or if, you know, the way that it works, I guess it's called, like, a preferential ballot. So, mm-hmm. like. You rate them one through ten. Or, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of 
something to keep in mind. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't see it winning the Academy Award. Yeah, I don't either. But again, they only have five nominees in their best film, whereas the Academy has 10. So the other nominees were Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Tar. So Mm. It's funny that Elvis snuck in as top five. When in America, I feel like people would probably rank it like 8th, ninth, or 10th Yeah, out of the ones crazy. nominated. <laughs> it definitely broke through in quite a way. That but I think also I Elvis is one expect. of those figures that is like beloved Universal. worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. All right. So for Outstanding British Film, it went to Banshees of Inisherin. Leading Actress went to Kate Blanchett for Tar. Duh. You've, have you seen Tar? Yeah. Okay. It's so good. Loved it. It was really good. Like, I was expecting to, I don't know if we, I don't think we talked about Tar yet, but um, I was expecting to like it, but be kind of like, oh, it's one of those movies where it's just very, like, prestigious and I don't mm-hmm. really enjoy it that much. I'm just like, I'm appreciating like the art behind it almost Mm -hmm. but I really really enjoyed it like it was the last the very last like scene and shot like made me laugh one of the hardest times I've laughed (laughs) yeah (laughs) like the whole like I don't want to give anything away but how things start to like turn for her and you kind of learn more about who she is like I thought that Mm -hmm. was very well done and like true to life (laughs) I know. Yeah, it was it was really funny. So who for the the Academy Awards, who are you rooting for between her and Michelle Yeoh? Like not I'm who do you rooting, think will win, but who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Michelle Yeoh just because Kate Blanchett already has an Oscar or a few. Yeah. And I just think Michelle Yeoh also has a body of work that is worthy of one and she Deserved. doesn't have one yet. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, I mean, she was so good in the movie as well. Like she, I think she, I would be happy with either of them, but I think this sounds terrible, but I don't know if Michelle Yeoh might have many other opportunities like going mm-hmm. forward. Um, yeah. And I know Kate Blanchett is kind of like a Hollywood darling. So she'll, she kind of has like her pick of roles at, at this point almost. She probably like yeah. is very, very able to kind of like pick and choose. Um, so she'll probably have more. She's almost becoming like a Meryl Streep type Mm -hmm. figure. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm like torn between them because I did love Kate Blanchett's performance so much, but Mm -hmm. I get the vibe that like Kate even wants Michelle Yeoh to win. (laughs) Like she's kind of like. I mean, I'm sure she does. And I'm sure, I'm like, I think when you become kind of that figure, like I'm sure Meryl Streep, every time she's nominated is kind of like please let somebody else win. Like, you know, like, I don't really necessarily need any more of these. Um, Right. I wonder if there will be that point where Kate Blanchett wins for something like Florence Foster Jenkins or The Iron Lady or something like that, where everyone is like, what the? It jumps the shark and they're like, okay, we don't need to like, (laughs) we don't need to give her it every single year. Like, there's other people in the game. But no, I mean, it's undeniable what Kate Blanchett does is insanely hard and she's yeah. so like talented but also like I think between the two performances like I wouldn't say one was objectively better than the other they were just so different and yeah um the movies were so different so in my heart of hearts I want Michelle to win but yeah I agree and I think right, she might maybe. like she might pull it out like I, I don't think so. 
Yeah, like I, I think don't think it's uh, over. I don't think the race is over by any means. Yeah, I mean, I think what you've laid out is like the way that most people feel. And right. I think that that will tend to carry over mm-hmm. into voters' minds. But, you know, sometimes they disappoint. A lot of times they disappoint. I know, I feel <laughs> so. like I'm constantly disappointed by them. I'm like, yeah. how do I become a voter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I have thoughts. <laughs> we got thoughts. Okay, leading actor went to Austin Butler. King. King, king, king. king. Wait, who it's else crazy was, how was it? Him, Colin Farrell. Brendan Fraser, Daryl McCormick for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which is a very British film. Okay. So That's the I, hot guy, if, right? The lead? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, there was only two I never people watched in the that. movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. It was it, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Paul Mescal for After Sun. Bill Nighy for living. Okay. So it's crazy how much like Brendan Fraser's flame has died down a little bit. Mm -hmm. He was going hot and heavy towards the beginning of like the race. We'll be talking about him later too, I'm sure. Because of some movies I watched this weekend. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Brendan Fraser, Brendan Assance. What is it called? I don't know. Brendan Assance. (laughs) Brendan (laughs) Assance. Okay, supporting actress went to Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, I love that. Happy for her. Okay, to me, she was the best part of that movie. Not saying that, like, I'm surprised that Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are getting kind of like their flowers, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'm going to sound probably like people are going to be mad at me. All of our millions of listeners are going to, like, rise up against me for saying this. But the Banshees of Inisherin was good to me, but... The performances, the lead male performances, to me, weren't anything breathtaking. Like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of actors could have done those roles. And to me, her part in it was the best part, like the best acting, if that makes sense. And like, what made that, that, what made that movie good was the script, the cinematography and like yes their performances made it good but I didn't think like I don't know if I'm making sense but I didn't think that it was something like so out of the ordinary that we've never seen before from like an Mm -hmm. actor you know so Mm -hmm. that's why I I would I wouldn't be mad if Colin Farrell won but also I don't think that the performance his performance was the best part of that movie Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah sure I think that I'm of the opposite mind where the performances are kind of what made it for me where you know I think that I could have definitely gotten a lot more bored during watching it or a lot I could have like I don't know felt the runtime of it a little more if those performances hadn't been carrying me through I guess because I do remember like being excited uh Brendan Gleeson was like in it less Mm -hmm. and anytime he was on screen I was like kind of excited to see like what he was gonna do or like how he was gonna act and like all of that kind of stuff and that's a little bit about of the character like Mm -hmm. this the writing for the character um, kind of made me excited about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did love Carrie Condon. Like, I'm super happy that she won this award because I don't think that she'll have a lot of opportunity elsewhere. Right. To I mean, I think that's or... kind of what I'm saying, too. Like, if anybody's going to win an award for the performance of that movie, I think it should be her. That's what I'm saying. I, I would her. be happy with um, Colin Farrell, too. But uh, Best Actor is kind of like a 
a tough one this year because I loved Paul Mescal in After Sun. I don't think he has like a chance to win, but I, I thought that, that his performance was it. so good. Like, I almost I came like this close to watching it this weekend. It's really sad. Like I know me and Neek watched the trailer and he was like, that looks really heavy. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it's pretty heavy. So like (laughs) you have to be in the right headspace, I guess. But but also like I think Austin Butler will probably win. But I'm also rooting for Colin Farrell. And I also just I know like I haven't seen The Whale and I know people have thoughts about it, but I love Brendan Fraser and like I would be happy. I like if this narrative won. for him. I but. do too. I'd be happy if he won, but I do think I want him to win for a different movie in the future. And I think he will yeah, have that opportunity I mean, hopefully, again. Hopefully, yeah. But kind of an interesting race mm-hmm. um, this year. Okay, so I said supporting actress. Supporting actor went to Barry Keoghan for the Banshees of Initiative. Sheeran. He was also amazing. Like he was really good. Yeah, like her and Carrie Condon and him were probably my favorite parts of that movie. Or best yeah. like um characters. He was so funny and so I think funny he's and like- tragic. At the same time. So tragic, yeah. Spoiler alert for Banshees of Inishiran. But whenever he was like found dead i was like no i know because you're like rooting for him like he's that person he's that 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 character is probably somebody you know in your life you know that person that's like a bit much and like is annoying and kind of always like hanging popping up popping up and like wanting to connect with you but it's because their home life is so dysfunctional and they're just looking for connection so you kind of like feel bad because you can't like obviously you can't take on all their issues but you also can't like really ignore them or like right you can't like save them to me it was just a very realistic portrayal of a person or like an archetype that exists in the world I feel like I've known so many people like that Mm -hmm. I feel like we grew up around a lot of people like that Mm -hmm. like yeah Mm-hmm. definitely yeah agreed so good for him happy yeah, for him he's really good he's got a big big career ahead of him for sure i'm just looking at the other nominees okay so for director it went to edward berger berger for all quiet on the western front mm-hmm. and let's see what else Outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer went to After Sun. Happy for that. That's Charlotte, Charlotte Wells. Wells. Yeah. Do I know her? I recognize her name. Is she? Has she done anything? Like she doesn't act or anything. I don't also? think so. Okay. I, I haven't seen her. Film not in the English language. All quiet on the Western Front. Documentary went to Navalny. I've never heard of that. It's the only nominee that I haven't heard of. <laughs> All That Breathes, All the ble- all the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, and Moon Age Daydream were also nominated. Um, animated film went to Pinocchio, which we'll get into later. Yay. And then, let's see, original screenplay, Banshees of Inishirin, adapted screenplay, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I love that they have a casting category. Oh. That's something that we need. Casting do the Oscars and, like, not have work. that or do they just not televise it? They don't have it. Okay. So that went to Elvis. Good for them. Mm, okay. Cinematography, All Quiet, costume design, Elvis, editing, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, production design went to Babylon. <laughs> Hell yeah. Finally, Babylon Hive, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much all like the major ones. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting 
peek into what might be coming down the line through the Academy If you Awards. are, this is a question that you might not be able to answer, but if you are like British, is winning a BAFTA akin to winning an Oscar? Or do they not really, you know, like I if you're no Barry Keoghan, are you like happy with your BAFTA and don't need the Oscar? I have no idea. I'm sure like everyone wants an Oscar, but yeah. I'm sure it's like a huge honor. I think getting any of the major awards is a huge honor, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just they wondering. They probably still have that longing for mm-hmm. an Oscar. But again, I have no idea. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. It'll be, no. I mean, like I said, it's always interesting to see what wins in the precursor because a lot of times it's not what I would expect. And then it makes yeah. me question, like, what's going to win at the Oscars? Questions everything I thought I knew. <laughs> it makes yeah. me question my religion. <laughs> Just existence <laughs> makes me question the, the purpose of everything <laughs> same uh, okay. Um, okay next up i have the 29th annual hollywood issue came out from vanity fair mm-hmm. and it's always kind of interesting to see who they choose not so, gonna lie um, some iconic photography sessions in this one yeah 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 and I mean they really needed to make up for all of the photoshop (laughs) mistakes they've had in the past few issues yeah so yeah um so I'm just gonna run down the list of people who are featured Mm -hmm. Selena Gomez Jonathan Majors Austin Butler Ana de Armas Queen Florence Pugh Queen Kiki Palmer Queen yes (laughs) Queen 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 Aaron Taylor Johnson, King. Julia Garner, Queen, uh, Reggae Jean Page, King, Emma Corrin. Don't know her, but I'm sure. She- oh wait, is she from the Dragon? She's from Dragon, right? Dragon um, Tales. I believe so, okay. and I believe they use they them pronouns. Oh. and then Hoi Yan mm-hmm. and Jeremy Allen White, King. Yes, so. Who are you most, like, surprised out of this group to see featured? I don't know that I'm surprised by any of them, but also we are ravenous consumers of media. I think I would say Selena Gomez just because she's, like, so um, established, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, compared to everyone else, they seem, like, a little bit... I know that a lot of these people have been around for a while, but... Mm -hmm. Selena Gomez is, like, I think the most famous out of all of these people, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just surprised that it, it it's, like, took this long, I guess, to feature her in something like this. Mm-hmm. I know Emma Corrin just, they just announced that they're going to be, they got cast in something big. Yeah. Um, they were in My Policeman. Okay. Which I watched, um, don't really have a lot of thoughts on, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe but the new gladiator styles something oh, something something, something that was like, like that. big news um so i would have said them because the only thing i've seen them in is the house of the dragon um mm-hmm. so far and then um the gal from squid game hoyan hoyan yeah. i mean she was great i it doesn't surprise me that she's being recognized but to me the, all the other ones have been cast in like very big movies so I'm wondering, Major, like, what's yeah. on the horizon for her. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess the purpose of these issues is just kind of to highlight, like, the brightest stars that are shining right now. So I guess in that context, a lot of these make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
just love Kiki Palmer so much. Oh my gosh. She can do anything and I will follow. (laughs) I will stand till the end of time. Literally. She Um, has the best personality, the best attitude. Like, yeah, she's just so, I just want to be friends with her. She's like a light (laughs) in the world. I feel like. Um, Yeah. So I just want only good things for her for sure. She's going to be a mom soon. It's so cute. I know. So happy. I know. And Jonathan Majors, we've talked about him before. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that makes like so much sense uh, in this issue to me because I spent some time with him this weekend as well. Oh, you did? Lucky you. (laughs) King. Mm -hmm. Um, King But yeah, I think he has like great things ahead. For sure. For him. He's going to be like, I I predict like he's going to be like a DiCaprio level. (laughs) Like he's that good. And like, I feel like he's on the trajectory to like be taking those types of roles that he can yeah kind of pick what he wants and have that kind of I hope that he's I feel like Leo's been pretty good at like choosing roles and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so I hope that Jonathan Majors can have the same kind of wherewithal but Mm -hmm. I don't know being in the Marvel universe I'm always a little trepidatious I mean get that coin honestly but still yeah I mean I think maybe like 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, that's not like a good move. But Mm -hmm. with where we're at now, and we can get into it more when I talk about Ant-Man, but I think it's almost kind of like, it's like being in Law & Order SVU. It's like you're going (laughs) to be in it at some point, probably. And you you might have a small role, but it's not like a kiss of death, you know? Yeah. I just don't like it like eating up people's time basically Mm -hmm. or eating up their careers where that's like all they have time to do Mm -hmm. but I know that they like jump between they like stagger them out a little bit Mm -hmm. like between movies so Mm -hmm. we'll see I just kind of thought this was an interesting grouping and I mean Florence Pugh is like an absolute queen Mm -hmm. and also kind of has like a really bright future ahead of her I feel like she's the kind of actress that's good in anything even when the movie's not good you know yeah (laughs) so and I think she'll definitely like have an Oscar in the next few years yeah Yeah. I really liked her in knock um, on wood (laughs) the Wanda did you watch that? that okay it was good I really liked it and she was fantastic um yeah. I was kind of shocked. I didn't think it was going to get like all the any like all the awards, but I thought it would be nominated for something. Um Yeah, it kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I also just like saying the wonder. <laughs> That's how they It's talk. surprising for someone that is as like beloved as her by especially like younger people. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of just always in always on people's lips, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like her name is on their lips that that movie didn't get as much exposure obviously it came out around the same time as don't worry darling so that Mm -hmm. kind of overshadowed it but yeah did you see that julia garner they they scrapped the madonna project that she was gonna star because of madonna (laughs) i think that would have been like career making i thought that was really good casting it was like she would she was perfect for that um but i mean i have no doubt she's gonna be in She's really good too. What was that movie? That movie I watched on a plane where she's—it's like a Harvey Weinstein type. Um, yeah, uh, the assistant. The assistant. Yeah, that was a really good performance. Um, I remember you saying you thought she looked like me. In that if movie. I had to cast, <laughs> if I had to cast you in a movie or someone to play you in a movie, I feel like I would cast her. There was somebody else I saw the other day that I was like, oh, she could work too, but I can't remember now. <gasps> Dang, I need to come up with someone for you. 
mm-hmm. who's not mm-hmm. Candace Cameron. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Maybe when she was, like, 13, but not now. Yeah, not now. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts? I mean, I love Jeremy Allen White. (laughs) I heard somebody say that Jeremy Allen White is, like, the Walmart version of Aaron Taylor Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw the picture... I'm going to Walmart then. When I saw the photos of Aaron Taylor Johnson, I was like, is that Jeremy Allen White? Like, I was... And then I was like, oh, no. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson in his roles is kind of like a chameleon where he always looks a little different. He's like a little scruffier. He always usually, he just like, always looked different role to role, so I'm always like, "Oh, that's him." I never can really like look alike. Yeah, yeah, recognize him. Very They're both fantastic. Men. Yeah, everybody in there <laughs> yeah. is like hot as shit. Yeah. Reggae Jean Page, I'm like what have you done other than Bridgerton? Like what is him. up next for you? I saw him in the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons. With, um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, with Chris Pine, which looks kind of funny. I'm mm-hmm. curious about it. I mean, obviously, I've never. That's a movie where I would like, I would love to hear the opinion of people that play Dungeons and Dragons because I'm like, yeah. I don't know if this is catering to them or they're going to like be so mad about it. You yeah, know, I have, I have literally no point of reference for anything <laughs> going on in there. Yeah. But yeah, well, good for him. Yeah. Okay, so we can go into, like, recapping things that we watched this week. Okay. Um, I'll just touch on Firefly Lane really quick. Um, I won't give any spoilers because I know you said you were interested in watching, potentially. But, um, so I finished the second season, but it's not actually the end of the second season. There's going to be a a part two to the season, so I was glad to see that because it did kind of, like, leave on – a pretty like heart-wrenching like cliffhanger so um that second part is coming in April and I'm really glad because I need to know what happens yeah I hate it when they like leave you on a really big cliffhanger and they're like coming to you in two years and I'm like yeah great and I saw that I was looking into it and I think that maybe Katherine Heigl had tweeted that it they pushed it up even like sooner than they had anticipated mm-hmm. so they were probably like, this is too much of a cliffhanger to, like, make people wait mm-hmm. probably. for too long. Or, like, especially well, that type it, of show where, like, people will lose already, interest. There's not a point in holding it for... I think if you... If it's a certain kind of show, like, you can get away with that. But this show doesn't have, like, a huge following from mm-hmm. what I know. So it's, like, you can't really get away with being, like, y'all all have to wait until next year to see... Yeah, they don't want to but. lose what what small like loyal <laughs> yeah, watchers the viewership. They, yeah, they have. That yeah. makes sense. But that's all I really had to say about it is that that's all I, I definitely have to say cried. About <laughs> I definitely cried and just waiting to see what's gonna happen next. Dun dun dun. So is dun, it dun, like dun. is it like more like relationship driven the drama is it like it's friendship thriller, driven. friendship okay it's not yeah. like a thriller it's not a thriller <laughs> no okay. no it's friendship driven and just kind of like aging and like I don't know like I don't want to almost give too much could away, you like compare it to like Grace and Frankie but like for 40 year olds I never watched Grace and Frankie oh you would like it it's just kind of like you see these two women and their friendship throughout basically their entire lives Mm -hmm. and I think it hit home with me because I've 
gone through a hard time with like one of my closest friends recently so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it hits that chord that I think like a lot of people can relate to Mm -hmm. but um but also like some other uh devastating chords as well Mm. that also a lot of other people can relate to um (laughs) so yeah excited to see what comes but other than that, we also both watched um, the Love is Blind After the Altar episodes that came out recently. Mm-hmm. And my big takeaway was that Alexa had her birthday party at your wedding venue. Yeah. People were like <laughs> texting me. They're like, oh my God, Love is Blind is at your wedding venue. I was like, I know. <laughs> it's famous yeah it's it's a really good venue I mean I was even thinking I was like I want to have another party there (laughs) I know Um, so it looked like they were mostly like on that immediate second floor mm -hmm. not like at the rooftop right yeah they had it inside which was maybe the weather was bad or something but yeah the venue is like kind of like a warehouse type vibe inside and there's a bar and then you go upstairs and it's like a big outdoor like rooftop patio that overlooks uh like the skyline of Dallas so it's like a really cool view so I Mm -hmm. was yeah when they didn't go outside I was like why aren't y'all upstairs but why aren't you taking advantage of the view right yeah that view is amazing yeah um I was curious, like, how, you know, these episodes, but also the last season, like, how much of the places they go do you recognize and, like... All of them. I mean, in the, in the, after the altar, I recognized all of them. Um, Yeah. But... They really featured a lot of places. They were, like... Yeah, they were getting that spawn con, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... There was one place where when they were like eating brunch and I was like, where is that? I don't know what that is. But most of the places, yeah. They went to like, yeah. I'm trying to think where all they were. There was a place in like Trinity Groves. I mean, you're not going to know these places unless you live in Dallas. But um, yeah, it's fun to like see reality shows filmed in your town and be like, I've been there. Yeah, right. That was um something with... They did uh, 20-something in Austin, mm-hmm. which is another Netflix reality show. That's kind of how I felt with, like, all yeah. the places they were. They should bring that one back. I really liked that one. I know. Well, they, they're bringing some of the people back for that new show, The um, Perfect Match. Oh. Where they, it's like the Netflix reality universe's version of, like, Paradise, kind of. I've heard a lot of people talking about how they should do something like that, where they just, like, bring the different people from the different shows together and, like, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So good that they're finally doing that but yeah other thoughts about love is blind um freaking sk ruined my life nobody should Why? be disrespecting raven like that she's literally like the most beautiful person like, what ever. the hell like i don't understand like she seems really sweet and like she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders plus she's gorgeous i'm like what are you even doing yeah agreed he disappointing he can rot in hell <laughs> rot. rot in hell rot in hell no, there's this part of yeah. um, Vanderpump Rules, which you haven't watched, but um, Brittany is Jax's girlfriend, and she's from, like, Tennessee or Alabama or something. She has a really thick accent, and he, like, cheats on her, and she's like, Roddy in hell. And, like... <laughs> and, like just <laughs> damning. Everyone, like, spells it online, like, R-A-W-T. Rot. <laughs> rot. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> but yeah, he can rot um, in hell. Um, yeah. um, what do you think about Colleen and Matt? 
I don't know. Like, I think it's dumb. I get weird vibes. I think it's a really, 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 really dumb to buy a house before you've lived together at all. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's terrible decision making on their part. I agree. Um, it's like if you can't even try living together for like. Yeah. It while you like have a lease or whatever, or like at the beginning of your marriage. Like, like to me, you if you've never lived together, then you're not like you can be married on paper, but like you're not married if you never yeah. lived together. Like they're like, we're making marriage work our way. And I'm like, you're going to buy a house. You're going to move in together. It's going to go terrible. And then you're going to have to like go through all this stuff that you wouldn't have to go through if you didn't buy a house together. It's yeah. just not not the best decision making yeah (laughs) in my opinion I don't I just like get just generally weird vibes from them and like their relationship I don't know yeah it doesn't seem like they like actually like each other that much it doesn't seem like they have like a lot in common Mm -hmm. or like are Mm like-minded on a lot of topics and so yeah like what hopefully I'm wrong (laughs) We'll see, but I I just yeah I would like literally just move into one person's apartment. Like I don't mm-hmm. care that you and the people, fact you're gonna her- have to break your lease at some like in life it just happens. Like I get like it's a pain, and he's like well, we would have to like pay this much money, and I'm like yeah that's part of life. <laughs> like you're gonna have the to pay money. The fact that her caveat like- is that her his dog isn't neutered. Why isn't his dog neutered? Like a reach. Yeah, one, why isn't his dog neutered? Two, is that really the deal breaker or is it something else? (laughs) They're just, they just don't make any sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have high hopes for that relationship, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, Me either. Well, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say Alexa and Brennan seem like they're doing well. King and queen. King and queen. I heard something might have come out about him, but I need to do more research. Because Better I not. Haven't, I haven't heard that. It's, yeah, it's like completely unfounded in my brain because I haven't really looked into it. But um, maybe something bad from one of his past relationships has come out. But hopefully it's not. No. What it seems like. They're so cute. I want them to work for sure. I do too. They seem like they really love each other. Mm -hmm. And they seem very That's all you can really ask for. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure Um, whatever it is, they can work it out. Hopefully it's not like devastating. um, And then Nancy and Bartise. Bartise needs to like get out of my face. I'm exasperated. I do not want to watch him anymore. Both of them. I don't really yeah, like. Yeah, they're both a little bit much. But um, at least, I mean, she. At least, I'm happy that she seems like she's done with him because she should be. Yeah, she should have um, been immediately <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's um, definitely a fuck boy. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> He's so My tall. friend was like, if I catch Bartiz in these streets, it's on site. <laughs> it's on site, baby. <laughs> I think he's unfortunately on the perfect match, so. I mean, he's good for us. TV, I guess. You, in reality, I would just rather not. In reality, TV, though, you have to have those people that everybody hates or else it's not. Shane is also going to be on. He he's also sucks. Cokehead Shane. <laughs> he also yeah. sucks. Um. But what about uh, Cole and yeah. Zineb? <sighs> I'm also over them. Like, 
I don't really I understand anything it. else about the cuties. You can, with them, you can tell that the only reason they're talking is because the show is making them. Like, yeah. you know, like, do we really have to, like, rehash these stupid arguments where Cole doesn't understand anything and Zanab, like, makes it seem like it was way worse than it actually was. <laughs> he is just completely clueless. He's clueless. And, and I don't... Like, that's not, like, he just needs somebody that is a little more, like, starter level, starter pack. I forget how old he is, but he seems so young. Yeah. Like, he acts so young. Yeah. And when he was talking to, remember when he was talking to Alexa's stepmom? Uh-huh. And he was just like, there, there's no way you're, I was like, Ew. everything you're saying right now is disgusting and, like, cringe, so cringe and yeah. you need to stop talking. <laughs> no, same. But also, like, the way she, like, makes it seem like um, breaking up with you was, like, a feminist my stand against <laughs> yeah. men. I'm just like, oh my god! Like you, you obviously blindsided him. There's no way that he knew what was coming. And like, yeah, obviously, like I say what you feel, but the evidence doesn't like match up to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like we all watched, and obviously there was things that were off camera. Obviously, but I don't really see him as being like this evil like mastermind that you're trying to make him out to be. No, I just think his. I just think he's uh, he's his he's his clueless. ignorance yeah. is his downfall probably. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So I'm done with them. <laughs> Done with them. I hope they're done with each other because there's literally no need. Yeah. 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 That's all I really had to say. Did you have anything else? Not really. Sometimes I feel like the after the altar is like not necessary. Yeah. It's just it was a little bit like three episodes that just kind of went by and then all of a sudden, like at the end, it's like SK cheated. Which we already (laughs) knew if you like are on social media. So I'm like, it was kind of like weird to go through the whole like song and dance of him proposing when you know what happened and I was like Mm -hmm. ew it's horrible yeah yeah um so you watched you the new season Mm -hmm. have you watched that show at all yeah I've watched watched all of them you've watched one started the new season Mm -hmm. um yeah so in season four we open with Joe in um London so it was weird because at the end of season three they show him in Paris and then yeah. you kind of know like when they've been in production you know that they're filming in London and it's like set in London right. so you're like where yeah I was confused I was like it either takes place in Paris or London and so I'm basically it sure explains which. that he followed so he kind of faked his own death in California and is starting over in Europe and he followed Marianne the girl from the library to Paris um, she's so pretty. She's so pretty. And so he's kind of like trying to track her down. Creep. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so <what> he, does. <laughs> he finally finds her. She's like an artist and like kind of sells her art like on the streets of Paris. But he finds her art and like he finds out from one of her friends that's there selling her art that she's like at a an art fair in London that weekend so he that's how he like goes over to London to like find her so that's how he ends up in London but the thing that is kind of different about this season is it's not so much about him like fixating on her it's more about there's this person that's in his new he gets a job as a professor at this like university as Mm -hmm. a different his name is like Jonathan Moore now and um (laughs) 
he kind of falls in with this group of like elite people in London, like really, really rich, like Nepo babies, basically. And Mm -hmm. um, there's somebody like texting him through this like encrypted app that like knows who he is and kind of figures out that he's lying and that he's like a murderer and all this stuff and is like kind of taunting him. So when he's Mm -hmm. like talking in his little monologues about you this season, he's not talking about a woman. He's talking about this person that has figured him out and that he's trying to figure out who they are. He's talking about Gossip Girl. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's like very Gossip Girly. And um, so I was kind of, I'm kind of a little more intrigued because I was kind of getting, I guess, fatigue about like him just like yeah. being obsessed with a girl and then like it going awry. I was like, yeah. they can't That's keep doing That's what I was going to say is I enjoy the show enough, but I was like, I do not need another season of this. Like, I was just kind of at the point where I'm like, unless you're going to do something different, like, I don't need And they did. More of so this. it's more like they're setting it up yeah. as, like, a Agatha Christie mystery. Okay. So you don't really it's- know who's, like, behind it. And you have all these kind of, like, suspects and these characters that are kind of fun. Um, the main mm-hmm. girl, though, that they have, like, him, not that he's, like, wanting to be with, but is just kind of his counterpart. She's kind of, I don't know how I feel about her yet because she's, they're, like, she's very mean to him. Like, she hates him, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is fine. Like, I don't think he deserves to be, like, liked. But also it's kind of, like, why do y'all keep talking to each other if you literally hate this mm-hmm. guy? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So I don't I know if it. that's the most believable, but it it did enough to kind of re- engage me in the story and I'm like wanting to find mm-hmm. out what's going on so good I've only watched the first good, three episodes I don't know how many they've dropped but they've only dropped half the season and it is okay. kind of fun being in like London and all the people like are European and like the fashion's different and there's kind of like a different vibe so yeah yeah good I'm glad because that's what I needed from this show is a change of pace mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> He's good in it. I mean, he's very good at being that character. It's kind Mm -hmm. of an interesting character because, like, I read this girl on Twitter had, like, been convinced to watch it. And then she watched season one and she was like, y'all are psycho. Like, this guy is a disgusting, like, person, which, like, he is. So it doesn't really make sense why, like, you're kind – you're not, like, rooting for him. But at the same time, you're willing to watch, like, where it goes. Um, mm-hmm. maybe because of the way he internally like justifies what he's doing. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was funny because it's like, yeah, it's not like he's Dexter. Like it's a Dexter type character, but Dexter had like a set of morals that he like lived by, and like you were able to kind of get on board with how he like justified what he was doing because he only killed like terrible people that mm-hmm. in your mind deserve to be killed. Um. Mm-hmm. But, like, in this, it's kind of, like, why are we, like, on board with him when he doesn't really have that? It just kind of things happen to him and then he has to get out of them. And the only way he can get out of them is by, like, killing people that don't really deserve it. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's interesting. But to him, they do. Yeah. Kind of. Because yeah. he's a narcissist and, like, literally he'll do anything to, like, protect himself. Mindset. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I watched the first season like a long time when ago. When it was on like, Lifetime. When it first came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that most people like hopped on board when the second season was like on Netflix. Like it moved over mm-hmm. to Netflix. And so 
I was always kind of like, what? This show is like kind of old, but but yeah, I know that a lot of people really are super into it. So let's see what this next season holds. Do we want to, you want to, I don't know if we even want to touch on this, but did you see how he talked about how he's not doing like sex scenes anymore? No. Okay. So you know, the overarching like discussion about like Gen Z and like them like being saying like there's no need for like sex scenes in like movies or tv have you heard about any of that like discourse Mm -mm. so there's this like discussion going on it's mostly like younger people which is interesting but it's kind of like they don't feel like they feel like sex scenes sometimes which I kind of agree with can be just like I don't know frivolous frivolous or take advantage of like the actors because like it doesn't really play into the storyline which I kind of agree with in some cases but in some cases I'm like well if you want to make it like true to life then like sex is a part of life and you that like mindset is very puritanical almost but he came out and said um Penn Badgley came out and said he's like he's put in his contracts that he's not doing sex scenes anymore because his marriage is so important to him basically, Mm -hmm. which obviously your marriage is important to you, but it started this whole discussion about like, that's, that's not cheating if you're like a working actor, like basically. So Mm -hmm. it's just been really interesting seeing the discourse about it Mm -hmm. and like the back and forth, which I I do believe like any individual is obviously allowed to make those decisions for themselves, but also why is that something that you're worried about at the end of the day, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like the individual can definitely make that decision for themselves if they want to put that in all their contracts, then by all means, but... It can be very limiting, though, it seems like, if, like, there's a role that calls for that type of scene or, like, um, you know, it's just, like, I don't know. To me, it's become a little bit blown out of proportion, Mm -hmm. um... And I I do agree that there's times when you're, like, watching a movie and you're like, okay, that's very gratuitous. Like, we didn't need that. Right. But there's also times when it isn't and you do need that, you know? Yeah, you do. It does, like, yeah, it does propel the story forward or it, like, is an integral part of what's happening. Um, But even when it's not, I mean, I'm, (laughs) I'm, like, I enjoy watching sex scenes, like, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's part of entertainment, like... Yeah, I I just kind of don't really understand the whole argument. Yeah, I mean, I think it can be kind of a little bit dangerous to kind of blur the line between like, I'm an actor working and, and also I cherish my relationship in Mm -hmm. real life, you know, like it, I don't know how much that line should be blurred because it's not the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they sex on screen for your job is not the same thing as like having sex, having real life, like extramarital affairs Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And that's why like the introduction of like an intimacy coordinator was so like important, I feel like to the production. And like when that's, when that's in place and there's somebody there like really coaching and like making mm-hmm. sure everybody feels comfortable and right and it's done the right way like I don't see why there should be any like worry yeah like that's a whole other issue like if the actors are literally like being exploited and there's just like an entire group of people around them watching them do it then it's a whole other issue but you know there should be regulations, I guess, on their production in that respect. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's just to each their own. It's just I an guess. aside, but it's just <laughs> something I've been seeing like a lot of chatter about 
online and I just thought it was interesting. And the fact that he yeah. actually came out and said, like, I'm not doing this anymore. It's like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people um, have always, like, that's been part of, like, the thing. I don't want to yeah. do this. I don't want to do that. Like, and that's perfectly fine. Like, whatever makes you comfortable. But, like, to come out and say, like, I'm not. Which was kind of weird because in this season, like, there already has been a scene where I feel like it is, it was a scene. uh a sex scene so I'm like I don't know was it like a stunt double like I don't know like or is he huh. just is he saying like he's not doing anything super graphic like I don't know what his like parameters are um mm-hmm. but yeah it's just interesting interesting yeah interesting okay Gen Z <laughs> being all regressive and shit <laughs> just kidding no seriously <laughs> that's like where my mind goes I'm like why yeah. are these like super young people so uh yeah And it's also, like, we don't have to make a blanket issue of everything. Like, Mm -hmm. there are nuances to these things, and there's, like, yeah. It should be a case-by-case basis. Like, obviously, there's arguments, and there's been, like, scenarios where people, like, have been taken advantage of, obviously, and there's been, like, terrible things that have happened. But there's also been times when people, like, had had a good experience and like didn't I like you know so it's like not everything is so black and white like you said yeah everyone should be safe like feel safe Mm -hmm. in their workplace no matter where that is Mm -hmm. so hopefully you know agree hopefully they don't have to start putting clauses in their contracts just to feel like they're safe Mm -hmm. um so yeah should we move on to letterbox roundup yeah let's do it Okay, we could just run through these quickly. Yeah, we're like talking so much. It's so annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I could start. I don't think last week I gave my ratings for the Magic Mike movie, so I'll just run through those really quickly. So Magic Mike, uh, the first one, I gave three and a half stars. Magic Mike XXL, I gave four and a half stars. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh, that's high. <laughs> Which might be a little generous. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should put it down to four, but huh? you know what? I'm just going to roll with it. Live I your was truth. feeling happy <laughs> in the moment. Live your truth. And then Magic Mike's Last Dance, I gave three stars. Mm-hmm. I watched um, a lot Nope, we talked about... Oh, you did? Um, Nope, we talked about last week. I gave four stars. um, And then I watched A Room with a View. I gave that three and a half stars. Um, It's a Merchant Ivory movie from 1985. It stars Helena Bonham Carter. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically just like, uh, it takes place in like the early 1900s, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she's like a young girl who is being taken around Europe, I guess, specifically Italy, by her older cousin, who's played by um, uh, Maggie Smith. Oh, wow. And um, basically, she, like, is, you know, she comes from a family of certain stature, I guess, in England, and she falls in love with this guy that she meets in Italy, and then she goes back to England, and she's engaged to this other guy, so it's kind of like a love triangle situation. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just really beautiful to look at. Like, the sweeping landscapes were amazing. Like, it takes place in Tuscany, and then also on the English countryside, so it's like Mm -hmm. two of the most beautiful places in the world. So it's, like, really nice to look at. Um, And it also, there was, like, a Gilmore Girls 
like Gilmore Girls had referenced this movie before and now I finally like had some context for it. They referenced literally everything in existence. (laughs) Yeah, whenever Emily takes Rory to Europe. Mm. It kind of makes sense to me now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I gave that three and a half stars. I I rewatched Across the Universe. Five stars, no notes. One of the most important movies to me in my it's life. So good, and I'll never not rewatch it. It's perfect. And then I rewatched, I watched Pinocchio, and I rewatched The Apartment, which we'll get into in the next segment. What did you watch? I watched nine movies. <laughs> um, Go for it. So last weekend, wait, when was this? Oh, I guess I guess we were going over two weeks, right? That we haven't talked about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Forrest Gump was on TV and I watched it. Um, so I was surprised to learn that like Letterboxd doesn't respect Forrest Gump in the way yeah, that a lot of people I hate it. Respect <laughs> Forrest Gump. Um, yeah. I'm not looking at it as like a piece of historical text that should be taken no, as like, I love Forrest Gump. I love it so much. I will. I rewatched. It's one of my probably most rewatched movies. I gave it four and a half stars. Yeah. Um, I will always defend Forrest Gump. I don't care. The soundtrack is goaded. Snobs think. <laughs> yeah, the snobs can go away. Forrest Gump is electric. Um, and then I rewatched. You've got mail. We kind of talked about that. Four stars. I rewatched When Harry Met Sally. Five stars. No notes. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely none. Absolutely no notes. And then I watched, I was in the rom-com like mood and I watched Your Place or Mine on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. The new I've one with Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher and it was terrible. Oh no. Like I gave it. Yeah. Speaking of like not wanting to be intimate on screen, <laughs> not wanting to be intimate on a red carpet either. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I gave no it chemistry. I gave it one star, and I don't think I've given lit. I think I've maybe given out one other one star in my life. <laughs> like it was so bad. I've- they this. It felt like there were like sections of it. The pace was just off. Like there were sections where mm-hmm. like there would be stretches with no dialogue, and it would be like them looking around each other's apartment. For, like, a long time, and it had nothing, like, there was nothing going on. I was like, why are we spending so much, like, dead air? Like, the the pacing was off. The script wasn't funny. They had no chemistry. It was just, it was weird. Like. That sucks. I know. And, like, Ashton Kutcher had, like, zero charisma. Like, Reese Witherspoon actually (laughs) was Reese Witherspooning. Like, she was doing her thing. He was, like a blank wall like had nothing going for him like I don't really know wow. I said um I gave it one star and I said the star is for the cars soundtrack because that was like their <laughs> thing was like yeah. his thing was like he always listened to the cars and we listened to the cars growing up too so yeah um the soundtrack of my childhood <laughs> basically like every like needle drop was like the cars from that one album that we always listened to <laughs> heartbeat city mm-hmm. yeah so don't recommend um very very bleak <laughs> like I don't even yeah, know yeah I say. thought about throwing it on a couple times but I was like it's hard to throw something on when you know like how bad people say it yeah <laughs> you're like, I didn't I'm even curious, know but like, also like I don't want to waste my time I knew about like the awkward like press tour but I didn't know if the movie was good or not and it was not good um and then me and Neek watched Prisoners um which is a Denis Villeneuve movie 
from 2013. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's a director that I've been like very, very into lately. And he directed one of my favorite movies, Arrival. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this movie is a banger too. Like it's really, really good. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. So it's got um, something I would like. I don't know. Like maybe. I don't think it, it's not scary, but it, it's got it's got people. It's got <laughs> it's got Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Terrence Howard, Viola Davis, um, Paul Dano. Uh, Hell yeah, my boy. And this other guy whose name is escaping me, but that's also a, a Batman villain. Um, mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's good. It's like Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard's two daughters go missing. And so um, Jake Gyllenhaal is the um, detective that's trying to find them and like mm-hmm. – it's really good. It's like very stressful, but all okay. the performances are really, really good. And um, there's like some twists that you don't really like know what's happening. And then the way it's funny because like you would you wouldn't read this plot and think it would be a Denis Villeneuve movie because that's right. not like really what he does. But like it's shot in his like way that is like very like artful, but it is mm-hmm. like a kind of like a cop drama. I read like yeah. My review was just like just great performances all around. I gave it four stars. Um maybe I would like it because Denis Villeneuve is like a director that I definitely like have the utmost respect for and like I love his visuals, but he doesn't make like movies for me and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like the ones I've seen, I'm just like I respect these, but I'll never rewatch this. Um yeah. so maybe I will like it. Yeah, I mean I mean, I think, I mean, just for the Paul Dano of it all, he's really good in it. I mean, he is kind of doing <laughs> that that role where that he does a lot where he's just kind of like crazy and like violent and like mm-hmm. um, you don't really know. Yelling. A lot of yelling, um, crying. <laughs> but. Um, love that. Love that for him. But I really like it. I, re- I would recommend it. What else? Oh, okay. So I have to take a deep breath for this one. Um, we watched The Mummy. <laughs> Um, on, was this Friday? Um, I've never seen The Mummy. I haven't either. I've never seen any of them. So it's one of those movies that I think people... I thought you were a mummy girly. I don't know why. It's because I've ridden the ride at Universal Studios a million times. And I (laughs) love the ride. It's probably like one of my favorite rides. And I, I should preface by saying like, I'm like a roller coaster girl. Like I love theme parks. I love rides um Mm -hmm. and so it's literally one of my favorite rides (laughs) ever so I've ridden it countless times I've never seen the movie and this is because the movie came out in 1999 I was nine you were seven we weren't to our parents that it was like a scary movie which to their like credit like I probably would have been scared if I saw it when I was nine but um, mm-hmm. I think it's a movie that a lot of people assign a lot of nostalgia to, like one of those like where you love it yeah. because you saw it when you were nine and like it was like the coolest thing you've ever seen in it your made life. It an impact on you, mm-hmm. yeah. And Brendan Fraser was very hot, like very, very, yes. very cute looking. Um, this movie is not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen some of the visuals and um, watching no. it in 2023 was a trip because it's so like I don't know what I was expecting, but it is so goofy. Like it's so <laughs> like it's like almost like slapstick, like over the top, just like I don't even know, like 
the script is just bizarre and <laughs> the vis- the CGI is I mean I'm sure at the time it was like cutting edge it just doesn't hold up yeah. the costumes are just so like party city like I don't even <laughs> know yeah like I didn't even know this movie Taco Dale <laughs> yes I didn't even know this movie was set like it like it opens with like the ancient like Egyptians and like the curse and the mummy and everything. And then Mm -hmm. it cuts to like the Brendan Fraser part. I didn't know it was set in like 1920. Like every, (laughs) like every screenshot I've always seen of it. I just assumed it was like present day 1999. Like, so I just feel like they didn't like portray like, like what the movie was like very well, because I never (laughs) knew that. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And like, I don't want people to come for me because I know this is a lot of people's favorite movie and like reading through like the letterbox comments, like I can tell that people know it's bad, but they like love it because Mm -hmm. of the memories they assign to it, the nostalgia. So, I mean, I was mildly entertained, so I gave it two and a half stars. Um, (laughs) And then my review was could not take my eyes off of Rachel Weiss's eyebrows because her eyebrows are- She has great eyebrows. No, they're like plucked so thin, like 90s style. Oh. And like she's supposed to be. She has great eyebrows now. Yeah, she does. But there's she's supposed to be in 1920, right? And they're just like so overplucked that you're like, Mm -hmm. it takes you out of like whatever time period you're supposed to be in. Um, (laughs) It's just it was just very very silly. I don't think I'll be watching. (laughs) I don't think I'll be watching the rest of them. None, none of the rest of them. Damn. But yeah, it was fun to see Brendan Fraser like super young and cute. But um, yeah, he is hot. And then yesterday. We went to Alma Draft House and saw Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, uh-huh. Which um, my husband's very into Marvel. I enjoy my time when I watch them, but I'm not like, I must see every edition of every movie that comes out. Um, mm-hmm. It was fine. I mean, I gave it two and a half stars also. And I said, interesting episode of Rick and Morty because. It literally was like an episode of Rick and Morty. Um, but it was just like CGI, like the CGI overload was just a lot. But Jonathan Majors was very good. Um, yeah. So when's he bad? He's never bad. He was, he's very good at, he's like the new like villain in the MCU. So he's going to have like a really big story arc across a lot of the franchises. Um, so they're kind of setting him up to be like the new big bad. Um, mm-hmm. So there was that. I will probably never watch that again. Um, <laughs> and then we'll talk about The Apartment. I watched that last night. And then uh, we watched School of Rock because it was on TV. Ugh. And five stars. All-timer. Five stars. Heart. Possibly the most Literally rewatchable one of movie of all time. <laughs> like no, no. One of my favorite it's movies so of good. all time. It's so good. So sorry. That was very long Amazing. <laughs> That's okay. Um yeah, the, I need to rewatch School of Rock. I'm due a rewatch mm-hmm. for the millionth time. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, let's hop into watching up. Yep, yep, so, um, just as a reminder, um, starting we started last week, but over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing. Um, we're each going to be picking a different Oscar category that we find interesting, and we're assigning each other uh, all t- any of the all time nominees for that category to watch so um this week i had picked best animated feature and you assigned me guillermo del toro's pinocchio from this past year yeah you did did. and i watched it i actually watched it yesterday 
I watched the, I watched that and the apartment yesterday. Um, and I loved it. It was so beautiful. It was literally one of the most beautifully animated things I've ever laid my eyes upon. Right? Like, isn't um, the so stop impressive. motion was like yeah. you can't wrap your mind around how long that all would take no I it literally breaks it breaks my brain to even think about it and it honestly kind of gives me anxiety yeah because it's such a grueling process and I'm just like I have so much respect for the people that do Uh it um and as much as I loved Marcel the shell with shoes on I'm like this has to win like there's no Mm -hmm. way that this isn't gonna win I mean if and granted those are the only two that that I've seen from the category Mm -hmm. so you know that it can only speak to those two but I mean I can't imagine anything is more impressive than this this year mm-hmm. um so i loved it yeah. um yeah so it stars ewan mcgregor as sebastian j cricket mm-hmm. david bradley as geppetto um gregory mann as pinocchio who i thought gave like an excellent performance um and christoph waltz is in there tilda swinton finn wolfhard ron perlman kate blanchett was the monkey i know which like blew my yeah, mind i was like why <laughs> I was, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> literally the monkey was just like Wah! It like it like <laughs> yeah. didn't say anything, which was hilarious. Yeah. I watched a little like there's like a thirty minute um kind of like making of mm-hmm. thing that I watched afterwards, and it, it mentioned that Kate Blanchett was literally just like give me any part. I just want to like work on this Aww. movie with you. And so he was like, the only part left is the monkey. <laughs> so that's why, that's so because they were working together on Nightmare Alley, uh-huh. which side note, I did hate. I never finished um, it. I think I watched half of it and turned it off. <laughs> I can't. I hated it. And I love Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. like just as a person, like I will root for him for anything. He seems like a really, because he seems like the sweetest yeah. man alive. Yeah. And he seems like he's really pleasant to work with, like, based on what I've seen and heard from people that work with mm-hmm. him. And I just, like, he seems like such a great guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm happy that it seems like he's probably going to win this Oscar. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so good. Like, I loved all yeah. of it. I cried. At, did you and cry? Just, I teared up. I didn't fully I cry, think I was I crying so end. hard because I was, like, partially hungover <laughs> and like <laughs> i was like oh yeah that'll do God. it to you you're like oh. <laughs> um so my my letterboxd review of it um i gave it three and a half stars um and then i just said guillermo del toro is hollywood's geppetto <laughs> because he is yeah um so i did give marcel the shell four stars uh-huh. and i think it's just because it's more it was an original story i've seen pinocchio thousands of times you know i i just like he granted he did put his own spin mm-hmm. on it and i've never read the original like text mm-hmm. like the original pinocchio from the 1800s I don't um, think so i don't know exactly no of course not <laughs> <laughs> no but i'm saying like i don't or I don't know, like, exactly which parts are more accurate to the text or, like, you know, between the 1940 mm-hmm. Pinocchio and, like, like which is exactly more uh, true to the text. But I was one of the poor souls. I watched it, too. Who it was, was so bad. exposed to Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio, <laughs> which was an absolute abomination. <laughs> Speaking of movies, we've given one star to. Yeah. I think I gave that one one. It's so random um, that two Pinocchios came out in the same year and one was so good and one was so bad. Robert Zemeckis is quaking. (laughs) 
now that this movie has come out. Yeah. Um, I did. Because I was on like a Pinocchio kick. I was like, I hadn't watched the Disney Pinocchio in a while. So I was like, maybe I'll just rewatch it because I know that there are a couple of new ones coming out. Mm-hmm. And so I watched the original and then I watched Robert Zemeckis's and really wished I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave it one star and my review was just jail. <laughs> jail to everyone involved <laughs> yeah well, um, but i'm glad but yeah, you enjoyed it much better yeah. i loved it and just a couple of other takeaways from the little documentary i watched mm-hmm. um it took 15 years to make this movie yeah i mean i don't doubt and it like the detail is insane like the amount of detail know, involved so crazy mm-hmm. it literally just i cannot wrap my head around like it even if you if, if you haven't seen it form. and you don't want to dedicate like the an hour and a half it is like just watch like a like a little clip of it like the animation Mm -hmm. it'll blow your mind what it looks like yeah or just watch the documentary because it shows them like it it literally like speeds up the process of like every movement Mm -hmm. so like it looks like you're watching the movie Mm -hmm. because of how fast it is but like just to imagine like the amount of little movements that that took but it also looks so seamless mm-hmm. in the end like it's so crazy and gorgeous um where's that documentary on yeah. youtube or netflix it's on netflix okay, I need to look it up. yeah i got fed to me after i finished watching mm-hmm. the movie um and then another thing that uh guillermo talked about in that was just like how he was very much like committed to basically like um like simulating accidents that people make in everyday life. So like he took the time to make sure that they were animating things like um, like when you walk into a room and you think you close the door, but you have to go back and close it because it didn't close all the Mm -hmm. way. Like he was like committed to making those kinds of little animations just to make it feel like real life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really went a long way Mm -hmm. because it did completely feel like almost a live action movie. you're in like, that world once crazy. you like dive in yeah. yeah yeah and on that note just like doing things like putting dirt under the fingernails of the puppets and like on their hands and like making Little geppetto details. look like rugged yeah. and worn yeah made it it made it feel like an actual like lived in world and a lot of is... times also i noticed like the backgrounds the skies the the like mm-hmm. the scenery the behind like the yeah. actual action going on i think a lot of times in animation that can be an afterthought because obviously you're paying attention Mm -hmm. to like the characters you're not really paying attention to where they are but everything in it was detailed and moving like the trees were like the wind was blowing and like stuff like that so yeah it doesn't surprise me at all it took me like it took them 15 years to make it yeah their hairs were moving like his like geppetto's mustache and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff but yeah it's just like really crazy like it's really just cool to see like how passionate he is about about this project specifically just because you know that's what I watch but you can tell that he's just like very committed to everything that he does Mm -hmm. and he wants it to be exactly right Mm -hmm. no matter how long it takes which is yeah and he loves it and he feels inspiring about the Mm -hmm. characters yeah yeah when you see somebody doing something that they actually like legitimately love it's like I want to do that too. I want to find that, whatever that means for me. Like, you know. Yeah, I love it. All right. So what did you watch? Okay, so. What was your category? category I asked you for was best director and you assigned me The Apartment, which is a 1960 movie by, directed by Billy, written and directed by Billy Wilder. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it stars Jack Lemmon and um, Shirley MacLaine. And I watched it last night. Um, they have it on like you mentioned a lot of streaming. They also had it on Amazon for with like freebie. Um, oh. So that's what I watched it on. And I really liked it. It was really, really cute. Um, I really loved, like, obviously the two main characters were very, like, charismatic and endearing. And Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know what the plot was going to be. But basically, um, it starts off with Jack Lemmon and he works in, like, an insurance um, company, like, a really big company in a New York like office building. He says they have like 34,000 employees or whatever working in that building. And um, he takes home $94 a week. I I noticed like all these little details that they like leave you with, which I I immediately had to go to like the inflation calculator. And I was like, okay, so $94 a week basically would be in today money, like 50k a year, which to me, like living in New York is not New York is not enough. It's not enough money. Um, and then he and his rent was like eighty five dollars. Yeah, a month I wrote that down too. He, his rent is eighty dollars a month, which equates to eight hundred twenty two dollars a month now. Oh my god! Which is a steal. His apartment is two blocks away from Central Park. Central Park, yeah, <laughs> and it's like location. a one bedroom, one bathroom. Like it's a big apartment. It's not like a yeah. like a little like it's not a studio. It's not a studio yeah. Like so, I was like, okay, all of this is not adding up but okay <laughs> the math ain't the math is not mathing um Shirley McLean is the elevator operator at the building where he works which absolutely adore the idea of an elevator operator <laughs> I think they should bring yeah. them back um I love all those little jobs that just don't exist anymore that were like so simple mm-hmm. but like it was like an, an opportunity for you to like chat with somebody like throughout the day yeah like I love that like yeah. the telephone operators the secretaries like the elevator operators they were all all those like jobs for women basically um (laughs) which was really really cute but um so basically he is he's basically loaning out his apartment to all these big wigs in his office so they can like bring their mistresses to his apartment and like he's doing it in exchange for like good like notes so he can get a promotion basically so it's kind of like sleazy like all these sleazy men like doing their thing hate them like the office is very seems like very inefficient like there's actually no work going on they're just like cheating on (laughs) their wives and like sneaking around basically but um yeah it was really cute they like end up um spending a lot of time together through some like wacky circumstances and like they obviously fall in love and she attempts suicide (laughs) yeah it's very dark we did we did yada yada over that but it's very dark like (laughs) there's like it wasn't as like lol funny as I was expecting like Mm -hmm. it was like I chuckled a couple times but like it was more like darker than I thought it was Mm going to be. Um, Yeah, I liked it. I I was reading, like, the reviews of other people on Letterboxd, and, like, there were a lot Mm -hmm. of four, four and a half, five stars. Like, people love this movie. I was, like, Mm -hmm. kind of, like, a little bit less. um, I thought it was a little too long. Like, I thought it dragged in some parts. Um, And I don't know. They didn't, like, they never kiss, which maybe is something that, like, happened back then like I don't know I was just like waiting for them to like have their like big moment and it never happened um but I thought it was really cute I gave it three and a half stars and um yeah I enjoyed it I love this movie uh just because it's 
So you can really see the footprint of this movie on so many other mm-hmm. movies. I wrote like down a Billy couple. Billy Wilder was yeah, yeah. Billy Wilder was like a huge inspiration for Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. And I wrote you down kind of see his influence like, on Nancy Myers. Yeah, I wrote down like, that. like when Harry met Sally, like the New Year's Eve party at the end. I was like that mm-hmm. well, it seemed yeah. like it was pulled like directly from that um, for sure. And then in like yeah, five hundred so, days of summer when they like meet in the elevator, I was like. That's probably from that too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's just fun to like, like I said, with a room with a view, it's like fun to see where these references come mm-hmm. from. Um, and Billy Wilder is definitely famous for like his ability to weave like more serious topics into his comedy, um, which, you know, is something that a lot of people try to do, but I feel like kind of fail a lot of times when it feels like displaced or something like that. But with his stories, I feel like it kind of weaves seamlessly into them. Mm-hmm. And also just like his breadth of like genres that he had directed over his lifetime. Um, it's very interesting to kind of like look through his filmography yeah. and see the different kinds of movies that he mm-hmm. made and the way that they're all kind of like um, canon and just like kind of consummate classics in their own right he's definitely one of my faves we're back and we're back after a brief interruption yes (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that um okay so let's go ahead and do our assignments for next week all right um so the category I chose was best original song. Yeah. Just because I always find that to be an interesting category. That was a fun one too. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's oftentimes it's like some of the films that get nominated, that will be like the only category they mm-hmm. get nominated in. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's lots of movies in that category that wouldn't probably get any other Oscar nomination. So it's like a different vibe yeah. category. Yeah. So that's just uh, no other reason I chose it other than I just am always kind of in- interested in yeah. all the different songs. <laughs> so it was fun looking through all the nominees and winners because there are a lot of songs in that category that I like love, but also a lot of movies that I know that you've seen that yeah. obviously are very like big culturally. But there is one that I found that I feel like you'll like and I might revisit as well. It's from 2007, um, the movie Once. Ooh. And it actually was nominated for Best Original Song and won Best Original Song. For Falling Slowly. Yes, so you've probably heard the song, right? Yeah, I was like super into that song. I remember when it came out. So yeah, that song for like me, and for some reason I remember watching it for the first time my freshman year of college which it came out the year before my freshman year. So I guess I kind of watched it later than it came out. But I remember that song being kind of like the shallows of like that era. Like it was played all the time on the radio everywhere. But also I remember being really like moved by the movie as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'll probably rewatch it as well because I can't remember a lot of details. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the song is iconic. So it'll yeah. be a good one for you to... And I think you'll like it too, the type of movie it is. Okay. I don't even know if I really like know what it's about or anything. So mm-hmm. it'll be good to 
Take Us Back in Time to 2007 mm-hmm. when that mm-hmm. song swept the nation. <laughs> a simpler time. In the world. <laughs> yeah. A simpler time. <laughs> All right. What category did you choose? What did I choose? Hold on. I remember which four I chose. Was it Best Actress? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I chose Best Actress. Um, I chose that because um, I just, I love actresses. I, I find, sometimes I find that I'm more drawn to a performance from an actress than an actor just by default because yeah. I love watching women be good at things. So <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the category I chose. Cool. Well, I didn't run this by you beforehand, so I don't know whether or not you've seen this. Um, but the first thing that kind of comes to mind when I think of Best Actress, just uh, maybe because it's in more recent history um, and also because it was one of the more kind of delightful surprises um, as far as winners was Mm -hmm. Olivia Coleman when she won for The Favorite. Have you seen The Favorite? Yes. You have? But I I can't like... I think I was watching it kind of like like we talked about before, like half watching it. I don't know that mm-hmm. I was like really dialed into what was going on. So I'll watch well, it again. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that was the year she won in kind of an upset over Glenn Close for The Wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really happy because, I mean, I, I didn't see The Wife and I didn't have any desire to really. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think The Favorite might have been my number one movie that year. I might mm-hmm. have to go back and double check, but I really enjoyed it. And I really loved Olivia Coleman's performance. And I just love her as like a person and like how excited she was when she got up there and her speech was so good. So yeah, I love her too. It's kind of just a a fond memory of that award yeah i'll watch it and then i'll go back and watch her speech as well perfect yay yay those are good ones i'm excited i like this little oscar series that we're doing Mm -hmm. it's a good way to prepare perfect so um we will see you all next week where we'll be discussing these aforementioned films along with many other topics Yes. Thanks for watching up with us. Bye. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say.